Hello and welcome to The Villain, a podcast of news and opinion for all things Aston Villa. So those of you who listened to our first show, thank you and uh, glad that you've come back and that we haven't scared you off. To newcomers, welcome aboard. We're re- actually recording this during the interval of the England Cricket World Cup final, of which both Tom and I have been watching today. There's also Wimbledon and the British Grand Prix currently going on, so there's plenty of sport, but we thought that we would take a moment and talk about something that's far more important to us, and that, of course, is the claret and blue of Aston Villa. I'm Josh Henwood, and with me today is Tom Crowder. Tom, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, very well, very well. How are you feeling about England at the moment? They they look a bit light, I think. I think if England can, with Roy, I think if Roy and Bairstow can get in for a good half an hour, 45 minutes, I think they're not going off quite comfortably. Yeah, I think personally that they're about 40 short, but if that ends up not being the case, we can always cut this bit out. Yeah. So uh, there's <laughs> no we, worries for us there. Should we record another bit with? Yeah, it looks a good total that. Actually. Yeah. Thought we're never going to catch that up. Never oh. going to catch that. Not with that. Uh, not with that swing going on. No, not in a million years. There's all that cloud cover. So yeah, Ewan and Johnny are both MIA today. Ewan is currently at Silverstone, and Johnny is just coming back from a jolly in Hong Kong. So we're hoping that we get the full contingent back for our next episode, as we all need a pre-season together at some point, but that will not be today, unfortunately. For those of you that haven't listened to us before, the format on the show is pretty simple. We'll first of all run through what's been going on at Villa recently, and lend our views on that before going to our main feature. Today, that is something that which we've called Fit to Be the Shirt and Fit to Wear the Shirt, where we'll be discussing how the side should look and what they'll be wearing as Capra officially launched their home shirt this week. And we also know what the away is going to look like as well. So we'll include a bit of that. So without any further ado, let's jump straight into the news, Tom. There's been quite a few transfer moves this week last week and set to be for next week so Tyrone Mings has officially come in now at 20 million plus about five in add-ons Matt Target something between 15 and 17 million Esri Konza has come in at 12 million and that including the the Wesley Morais confirmation it's bumped our total to somewhere in the region of 80 to 90 million pounds then looking ahead to some deals that look like they are practically over the line. A uh, shock over Thursday and Friday of last week. Douglas Louise, the Manchester City defensive midfielder, is looking to come in at £15 million with a buyback clause, so long as we get a work permit through. And Bjorn Engels from Reims is set to be confirmed, the centre-back from Reims, who had been playing at Olympiakos before Reims at £7 million. And then at, and I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, Kusim Pasha, uh, the right-winger Trezeguet, is looking very likely at £10 million as well. So, uh, Tom, what do you think about the moves which we've done and are practically over the line? How do you, what do you think about them? Um, I'll start at the top. I think Tyro Mings, um, it was the one we all thought was going to happen. I, I think yeah. if I was honest, even it went on for so long, it did start to think, you did start wondering whether this was actually going to happen or not. We're all so confident. But I think reading between the lines, I don't think he ever really turned up for Bournemouth pre-season or anything. So I think it was always in the pipeline. It was probably just trying to match the fee that, that maybe someone else had put in. 
he's a really good player. Obviously, we've got to keep him fit. I think that's the other thing that um, people haven't quite well. People have picked up on it, but his injury track record's not the best. So hopefully, if we can keep him fit, I think it's a good signing. I think twenty million obviously goes up to twenty six, and a lot of people were saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's Bournemouth." fifth best centre-back. I don't think it's that at all. So no. actually, I hopefully he'll be uh, really, really good. Matt Target, it's a bit of a South Coast connection again. I've got a lot of Bournemouth and Southampton fan friends. I think Matt Target's the one. He works hard. He's decent. You know, whether he's going to set the world up, I don't know. But at least it's solid cover there, isn't it? Yeah. I think that the main thing with Target especially and Oswimings, they're young, but they are in Premier League sides. They've yeah. obviously seen something Kingdom Target, for example, did turn out for a number of appearances. You know, England under 21s or under 23 pedigree. Yeah, you know, there, there is something there that potentially is huge. This whole but idea of getting... I think his, his getting... crossing is fantastic as well, isn't it? Sorry to cut you off, but his, his crossing's brilliant. And if we're going with sort of Wesley... Um, up front, then obviously you can go together well. Yeah, I think that's kind of the game plan as well. Something with Jorn Engels, something that the Birmingham Mail put into their assessment of him is that mm. he likes to advance from the centre-back position and then whip in a ball that goes pretty much the entire length for the field and whip for the field to the left or right back, right wing and yeah. you know set them up for a cross then. So I think that having, having defenders that can can really advance the ball quickly down the field and catch other defences off guard, which I think in the mm. Premier League is vital in terms of how yeah. defences play. The other, thing, I think the other thing that I think yeah, really good is obviously Mings and Target, um, possibly, I, I know they're looking at Butland potentially if that comes off, but obviously with Grealish as well, you're starting to get quite a nice English core, which if you look back in Villa in the 90s, and even when we were you know, doing well in, in uh, the Premier League, you know, we always had that good, strong English core, Southgate, Ekio, players like that. True. So I think that's it's a nice thing to have as well. Um, but Bjorn Engels is a big lad, isn't he? Six foot four. Six foot four, yeah, absolute uh, bayam off at the back. So well, him, well, and him and Mings, <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't be losing headers. No, we shouldn't. Every they header we lose is box. fines, just fines for yeah. losing headers at this rate. <laughs> but, but that's... I don't know how quick he is, but yeah, he's a big lad. It, he's a big lad. It's what you need, though. You know, when you look at how you easily can see goals, I think that's where our mm-hmm. relegation season and the seasons under Lambert, goals conceded from set pieces, goals yeah, conceded was... from simple from plays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it you came know, up the, actually, the other day on Facebook, that game where we lost 4-2 to Southampton. I think we'd already been relegated or something. And it was just comical of like, <laughs> goose hands off out of the box. And then they were like knocking it round in front of an open goal. Yeah, it no, just looked terrible. Yeah, just it's no sad. no structure. No, no. No, no, no creating a system whereby there's any sort of advantages. It was who could play on a given day. That was the sort yeah. of thing there. But, I think that's um, right. And I think that's the key bit, because we, we spoke earlier, didn't we, about you know doing a Fulham and, and, and things like that. But actually, if you look at who Fulham signed, it was a lot of strikers and a lot of attacking midfielders. Actually, I think Villa have gone about it the right way, and they've picked a lot of defenders, um, which is crucial. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll touch back on that a little later on in the show, but uh, no, you're absolutely right there. I think that the policy has been ha- has been very good at that, and we've almost covered all the positions now, of which, mm-hmm. again, something that's absolutely vital. Moving on to the next bit of news, like I said, we'll move on to transfers in a bit. 
Um, something that is a little less shouted out about, but still requires a mention. Aston Villa ladies have had quite a few positive bits of PR them recently. They've been rebranded to Aston Villa women in a move that's positive and all about celebrating the Women's World Cup, considering as to just how much that resonated with people in the UK. That and also we've signed a few players to really show some intent in the new league. Got the top scorer from Leicester City, Melissa Johnson. A defender also from Leicester in Ella Franklin Fritcher. And also, and this is the big one for me, the un- German under-23 international and former Bayer Leverkusen captain Marissa Ewers from Birmingham City on a free. She actually turned down a contract from Premier League Birmingham City to come and play for the Villa. She'll play in a role that also includes a technical coach role, I believe. Poaching, even from the Blues, from the uh, women's team as well, which I think is quite important. The new season starts against Sheffield United on the 18th of August, but there will also be a couple of chances to see them at Villa Park, I think, this year. Um, One is against Blackburn Rovers, which definitely is at Villa Park on Sunday the 8th of September. That's during the international break, which I think is quite savvy. And then the next time as well. Now, this is just something that I think might happen and I'd love it to happen a few people on Twitter have said the same there is a men's game against Leicester at home on Saturday the 7th of December at three o'clock but at 7.30 on the same day currently in Sutton Coldfield at Balmere St Michael's Villa play Leicester in the women's as well now how great would that be you know, you've already got a sold-out Villa Park watching Villa Leicester, the men's. Just an hour turnaround or something, you know, get a hot dog or a beer or whatever, and then watch the women come out and do the same thing again. I mean, how great would that be? Yeah, I do agree with you. I think um, it's quite a well-used model, isn't it? If you look at other sports, sort of, I think the cricket do that as well. They sort of combine men and women's yeah. um, cricket because obviously... You know, for being honest about it, a lot of people go for the men's football, but then if the women's is on straight away, people make a bit more of a day of it. So I think that's a nice link to get people interested in the first place. Yeah, and imagine the atmosphere as well. I mean, especially if you've just seen 42,000 people sing at the top of their lungs yeah. for, uh, for, you know, let's say it's an exciting 2-1 or something in the mm. in the men's game and then you just get a quick breather and you might as well stay there to watch the next one you've probably still got the same animosity it's just basically more like a half time than anything else so i imagine that the atmosphere yeah. would be huge and what it will mean to those women that are there as well you know i think it will inspire yeah, a number of people sorry to cut you off there um no 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 you know i think yeah, it will inspire right. a number really of people good. as well perfect yeah um, we'll be following the women's team throughout the season but uh, for detailed news I do recommend following Under a Gaslit Lamp Reagan Foy does a great job of keeping fans updated on the women's team all the ins and outs I uh, think that Reagan's been following them for a number of years so I would definitely look there for first hand news and the importance of it we'll be keeping an eye on it final thing in the news before we move on to our feature Villa's owners Sawais and Edens did actually sell the stadium it's been confirmed now to a company that they own nswe stadium limited for around 56 million pounds last season that was in order to generate the funds needed to keep villa out of financial fair play trouble now that aside because that's been 
perfectly legalized by the EFL. There's no issues that are going to come back from that. It will be investigated by the Prem and the EFL, but that's going to be more for the future and that sort of thing. It's whether or not the value is seemingly in line, but there's no issue on it from a villa point of view. There are plans to flatten the villa village, the ticket office, and the academy facility behind the north stand. I assume that will be as a precursor to develop the north. The supporters' trust has raised concerns, mainly that this has kind of been done behind without fan involvement and sort of behind closed doors, which is a move that's not really happened before. I mean, what do you make of it all, Tom? Um, specifically, I mean, I think the stadium plan, I think the North Stand does re- need redeveloping. I yeah. think everyone's in agreement with that. The whole Villa Village thing, though, I think it does raise the point, doesn't it, what you are saying earlier about the fans owning stadium and then, or the, sorry, the owners owning the stadium if they're if they buy the stadium off the club, then they can almost do what they like with it. So I do get that argument to it. To be honest, I'm, I don't think many fans are that bothered about you know the changes that they're going to make, what it is. I don't think it's anything too drastic, to be honest. I think it needs doing. It does look very tired, doesn't it, from the, the North Stand car park? Yeah, I mean, I've there are a number of people in the North Lower, for example, the um, you know Project B Six, for example, and a number of different groups in the North that love the North Lower. Mm-hmm. And as someone that started being a season ticket holder in the North Lower when they opened it up, you know, it is something that is. I, I don't know. You feel a strange connection to it simply because it is a very. It's a very odd stand, especially in the Premier League. You know, you don't really see stands at all like the North in the Premier League anymore. So I can understand the connection to it from that point of view. I can understand the the concerns of the trust, especially when they're saying, well, you know, the Villa Village, the ticket office, you know, it's a lot of facilities that you're just sort of knocking away. I think that as long as plans mm. are communicated and that replacements for like the villa village and the ticket office are made well in advance and is not seen as a hindrance i don't see an issue with it but i think that it's mostly the communication that's a problem at the moment yeah i think i think that's fair um and obviously going forward when they do take on the north stand i think they can obviously take that criticism on board and then and you'd like to think there'd be a bit of fan involvement with how... Because there's quite a few designs, isn't there? Do you go sort of like a replica of the whole yeah. again? Or do you try and link it all up? Or uh, do you sort of long, long term have a horseshoe shape with just the north... Sorry, the whole end um, on its own? Well, I know but that we've discussed this in the past. Yeah, I know we've discussed this in the past. What mm. would you go for if I was to put you on the spot? Personally, I'd go for the north stand linked up to the Trinity Road. Mm-hmm. And then the other two left. A little bit, a little bit like St. James's yeah. Park. Um, do you know where those two are? I, I know what you're because going then I for. Think actually, and I agree. Yeah, you can almost then, you could get, really get some atmosphere going in the Trinity and North, which I think lacks it a little bit. The Holt will still be the Holt. That's what I would go for. I also think that eventually it's going to end up being a horseshoe. I don't see as to how it mm. can't end up being like that. But for the time being, My, if you were to open up the yeah. north, it would have to follow the Trinity design because I think that the Witten will need to be developed at some point. I just don't see as to how 
the North could be developed in a way that doesn't integrate the Trinity. And the reasons to why I say that mainly is look at the stadiums that have opened up since the Trinity's been built. You know, look at Arsenal, look at Spurs' new stadium, look at the stuff that the City of Manchester, the Etihad, sorry, you know, look at the facilities that are Mm. there, for example. By having a really well-integrated stadium, I mean, I was at the Bernabeu about two, three weeks ago, and it's... Nice name drop. (laughs) I know, yeah. Um, But, you know, it was really impressive. And by having a circular design and by... You know, being able to have it all encapsulated in, it does bring something to it. There is, it will build atmosphere, but also it will just make the stadium look bigger as well. And I don't think that, Mm. I think as long as the halt is sacred and that the stadium keeps a relative shape to it, I don't think that you lose it. I don't think that you lose the sense of it being Villa Park but you're also able to move into the modern age. I mean, you look at a stadium like Tottenham's now. I mean, I'm going there in a few months' time, not for the Tottenham away game, unfortunately, but for the NFL. And I'll be able to provide a bit more insight after that, I suppose. But the facilities that they're able to boast is insane, and that's just going to be a moneymaker for them. So with that in mind, Villa really needs to start stepping up to the future. So I say knock down the north, build it, however best to you know make the most right so we're moving on from that because i've reckoned that we've probably spoken as much as we can on that really we'll jump into our feature fit to be the shirt slash fit to wear the shirt last week we saw what we'd expected for quite a while considering the different drops that we saw on twitter the new kappa villa home shirt of which quite a quite a standard design by all accounts, claret body, sky blue sleeves. What do you make of it? I think the shirt's beautiful. I know a lot of people have issues with, um, because obviously I do think when it's made by Luke, it did look really good. I think long term, though, you've got to be a little bit ruthless. So I think going with Kappa, I don't know how it works with the finances or whatever, but I think they've produced a really, really nice shirt. Whether it fits the average Brummy or the fan, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I think, but yeah, it looks really good, and and the training kit looks fantastic as well. So I don't think there's any complaints. Well, luckily, the luckily there is two different that there are two different fits. One is a body fit, of which is the right. more traditional capper style, and yeah. the other is a replica that isn't fitted. So I reckon that. They have probably listened to people's views in the past about the fact that Kappa <laughs> is uh, not for the well-bodied person, shall we say. Looks great on the Riviera, but... Uh, well, yeah. exactly. It looks great on Tyrone Mings, but on people such as myself, maybe not. So, uh, no, I've, I'm, I'm looking for... Personally, I, I quite like the shirt. I think that any Villa shirt that has a claret body and blue sleeves is good. I, you know, it's nothing to write home about, but at the same time, it's a... It's nothing controversial at the same time. Personally, I wasn't on board with the Luke ones. I know that that's rather controversial to say because it's been, you know, it, it was voted the best Villa shirt. Oh, sorry, the best uh, EFL shirt last year. And there was a whole love story with it being made by a Villa fan, etc. But I know what it was taken mm. from. It was taken from one of our 
previous shots, and I wasn't hugely keen on that one. So to see a redevelopment of it, I wasn't exactly that keen. But, um, you know, I like to see blue sleeves on my filler shirts, and that's just the way it is, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, middle of the range, I'd say there doesn't look to be anything else in terms of features on it. You know, there's no real detailing, etc. to go into, apart from rather faffy, faffy cuffs on the sleeves of which take it or leave it really it just seems to be a bit of extra added faff to add a fiver onto the shirt the training range looks good though i i really didn't like the training range last year but this year you know nice bold colors sleek simple i i quite like the way that the wa8 sponsorship works on it it it's quite a neat looking logo, so I'm quite happy with it overall. What do you reckon? Train? I know you love the training range, actually. See, I think the training range looks fantastic. The thing is, I've got where I have sympathy with all football clubs really is when you've got like a tradi- very traditional colour, you are slightly limited into what you can do True. with the shirt. If that makes sense, I think with the training training kit, you've got more of a carte blanche. You've got you can do different colours, you can do different kit, but. Obviously, you've got regulations to stick to. You've got the colour, you've got the badge. So that's all got to go on there. Um, and obviously, I don't think we're ever going to go for striped or anything like that. So it's quite difficult. To no, you say that though. I, I'd love to return to 2000. I'd love to return to... Really? Yeah, hmm. I have to admit, two of my more favourite shirts have included stripes. And I think it's because it is a bit different. It is a little out there. But I wouldn't want it to be a... A constant thing you know I, I i like it being an every now and then sort of treat more than anything else of which i guess is kind of unfair yeah. on the club it's kind of unfair on the manufacturers but you know I, I quite like it being practically the same and then a little bit of a turn up i don't know am i just being a bit faffy yeah that's fair enough yeah, a little. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm sat here in my 57 replica, and that's got stripes. So, yeah, maybe we should go back to stripes. But I don't know. You know what I mean, though. I just think it's very difficult, isn't it, to keep to come out of a nice kit every year. If you push it too far, people don't like Well, it. yeah, and also, I mean, it's a bit... people just won't agree. You know, you won't get an entire fan base to agree on something. It's just yeah. impossible. I mean, any trip down the whole tent will tell you that people just don't agree. Yeah, yeah. true. So, talking about previous shirts and that sort of thing, what what are your top three? Your top three uh, Villa Home shirts? My top three Villa Home shirts has got to be... I'll tell you what, last season, I think that was a really, yeah. really nice kit. And also, you know, what we achieved in it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How far you back can go? You can go back as far as you want, mate. As far as I go. Oh, you know what, I, I just think even... I think even the fans today look good in 57 Cup Final shirts. I think that it looks really good. Um, and then apart from that, I forget the year, AST computers. I'm thinking it, it's, it's the late 90s, 90s yeah. 95 to 97 sort of yeah. range. I've got that in mind. Oh, I've got yeah. that in mind. The Reebok, uh, Reebok and AST computers. Love it. Yeah, the Reebok. I, f- I would say they're, they're, that's probably my favourite three. And then I, lo- I did like it when we went down the Acon yeah. route with Nike as well. So just to give you mine, in order 
I mean, inferred would be that Reebok with AST computers, but the one that had the lion detailing on it. So there's one that has the lion, yes, and okay. I think it's the villa that it says, and that's plastered all over the shirt. I love that. But my second place ones would be the 93 to 94 shirt, the one for the Coca Cola Cup final with Man United. You see it quite a lot it's the muller sponsorship ones so claret blue stripes and then the away shirt the green and the black as well apparently that's being resurrected in a third kit and then as my absolute fave would be and this is this just shows me to be quite boring but quite traditionalist umbro claret body blue sleeves and like a striped claret and blue collar it just looks really smart. I've got the away version. I just think it looks really smart, whether you're playing or as a fan or whatever. I just think it looks really understated, but really villa. Yeah, that's true. So we've gone, gone for fit to be the shirt, of which I think we both agree it's fit to be the shirt. Fit to wear the shirt. Now, this is a bit, this is a bit more in-depth. So you've seen the transfers. You've seen the rumours, seen as to who we could be connected to, who we could bring up through the ranks, etc. Both said that we like the transfer business and the policy so far. Who would be your starting eleven If you could pick anyone realistically to include in the current squad and be able to implement mm-hmm. them into your starting eleven, how would your starting eleven look? I think I'd go with Steer to start with, unless we get someone else. Well, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm, I'm asking you if you you can implement yeah, someone. Yeah, I'm gonna in. go with steer. To start gonna go steer. With. So even if we brought in a keeper, you'd want steer and goal. No, I. You know what? At the moment, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I, I, I hate to admit this, but I do think you're right with. Um, and it doesn't get much traction, but I do think trap would be a very good addition. I mean, he's played at the highest level. He's played for some fantastic clubs. Um, it just seems to be surplus to requirements. Yeah, so, it, so ju- just to um, let people in on just, it, just to let no. people in on it, um, on Twitter I've been quite vocal in saying that there's one keeper in Europe that just seems to be really undervalued money-wise, but is probably one of the better keepers in Europe at the moment, Kevin Trapp. He's on contract at Paris Saint-Germain, was on loan at Eintracht Frankfurt last year, uh, and previously played for Eintracht Frankfurt for a few years as well. Um, you know, he's done more than a job for them, was probably their third best player last year in a season that quite a lot of English fans will have seen as well with their Europa League run. Uh, currently, he seems to be on the transfer market at about eight to nine million pounds. Now, if that's true, yes, we don't have European football to give him, but by the same token, if we could bring him in for twelve and a half million or under, you know, you've got a twenty-nine-year-old goalkeeper that can play in any competition you can ask for. If you can sell him the dream of Aston Villa, you've got your number one locked down for years and for a ridiculously small price. And also, this guy's big time. You know, he's Germany's number three goalkeeper, I think, and that's only because the one and two are locked down by Bayern Munich and FC. Barcelona. You know, that's that, it's a ridiculous situation that German goalkeepers have got right now, and Kevin Trapp is not far behind them. So f- to be on the market eight to nine million is insane. Yeah, so I would go with that if we could do it. I think otherwise, I'm I'm not convinced on Butland for the money. I think it's like getting to silly money. 
Um, Heaton maybe from Burnley. Um, but I'll carry yeah. on anyway with my, with my in front of those. I've not seen much of Gilbert. I don't know how good he is. So, but I'd, I mean, I'd have to start. Well, it's either him or El Mahamadi. You've got there. Yeah. Mm, so I'll make a judgment call of that. Obviously, if you don't see him in training, it's difficult to know. Um, but I mean, unless he's much better than El Mahamadi, then I'd probably just stick with Elmo. Um, centre backs, I think Mings possibly if Villa to get him. But then Konza as well needs some game. Time I assume well, the centre backs will all get some time. I assume that all the centre backs get. Some, I reckon Mings will be your mainstayer, yeah. but I think that all the others will get game time. Yeah, and then in front of those, you've got to go. I think in the midfield three. I would say it picks itself, but I think McGinn, Grealish for sure, and then I think obviously it depends about um, Louise if if if, if he uh, can get a work permit, uh, but if not. You know, you worry a little bit with horror. Again, though, I'm saying that if you can just carry out any business that you want, what who do you want to see in there? That's what I'm saying. So, so Louise, yeah. if we get him, okay. So Douglas Louise, yeah, Grealish and McGinn. That's my three, um, and then up front, uh, you'll mm-hmm. love this bit, Wesley, and then I don't know how I'm doing it, but Neil Mapay, I really want him. Uh, I think it'd be fantastic, and then Elgar. So, are are you sticking so, more pay on the wing then? I'm sort of. I've not worked out how I'm doing it yet, but I'm, I'm shooting. Either that, or you're wing. sticking Grealish on a wing, or, like, or both up front, and then maybe. Either that, or you're doing a four-four-two, yeah. of which Dean Smith doesn't yeah. really like. Oh, yeah. No, it's a four-two-three-one with oh, yeah, Luis and McGinn holding. Greenish at Cam, Big Wes up top, Elgazi on one side, and yeah, Mapay's going on the way. I mean, I know that, I, I, I know you've liked Neil Mapay for it? quite a while. I think that he's, I, I, I think if he does come yeah, in, and the rumours are getting red hot now that he might, especially with him missing his, his friendly, I can see him coming in, but I reckon he's going to be sharing game time rather than replacing. Yeah, I think it's one of those, isn't it? Like you can't. They're not going to have a striker you can just rely on, and actually, you you play who's getting your goals. So if one's in a bit of form, you put him in. If he's not not in the best of form, but that that and also it's good to have firepower from the bench. It's something that Villa don't do often. You know, Villa having firepower from the bench is not something of which we have been blessed with for the last six seven years you spot on but yeah the transfer business and the policy is great and i just think we need we do need a few more players yeah i mean um, just sure so that i'm practically in agreement with you on a number of things I'm, I'm glad that i've steered you around uh to pardon the pun on kevin trap i don't think we'll get him but i'd love us to at least have a punt just because his name seems to be out there, so why not? So Trap, Gilbert, Mings, Engels, I would have as my number one centre-back. From everything I've heard about him, he seems like the kind of centre-back that we should be using as a starter. But again, though, if not him, then Concer or Chester. Chester is a fantastic centre-back. I don't see as to why people are writing him off as much as they are, but maybe he's... Uh, Maybe he's now looking beyond football because of his injury. And if that is the case, and he has sacrificed his career for us, and we do owe him a massive debt. So, you know, centre-backs being, you know, plentiful now. Then on the left-back position, you've got target. Then midfield, I reckon Louise, McGinn, Grealish, and then El Ghazi, Trezeguet on the right wing, I'm guessing. And then... 
probably Wesley down the centre. And I reckon if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of fast football. I think Dean Smith is prepared to play a really quick game because that, that to me, that just identifies speed. Hmm. Apparently, Gilbert's quick. Engels likes to whip in balls up the field. Um, El Ghazi is someone that can pick up the ball and shoot it from anywhere. McGinn will run for miles. Grealish is probably going to... Louise and Grealish are probably going to be the men to sort of keep the ball on the floor for a bit and try and just play it calmly through the centre. But even then, they can put in a great through ball through to Wesley. And Wesley loves that game as well. Loves the through ball through the middle. So I reckon that that's kind of where that will go. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that's it on that section, I think. So we're pretty much ready to close up. Um, one bit of, uh, of housekeeping yeah. before we do, though. The Fantasy Premier League has arrived again. And I tell you what, it's been great to actually see our shirts up on there. It's been great to see our players back on Fantasy Premier League. I feel like I haven't been able to play it just out of sheer depression for the last few years. Um, we will have three leagues. We've got three leagues currently up there. A Classic League, a Head-to-Head League... And a new draft league, which is also a head-to-head one. Um, if we get 16 teams in any of the leagues, we'll throw in a prize for that league. The draft is scheduled for Sunday, the 4th of August at 4pm. And the other leagues are open until kickoff on the 9th. So you've got until about 7 o'clock on the 9th of August. You can find all the details on our Twitter handle at the villain AVFC. Tom, are you going to be putting a team in? You know what? Good. I hate these things, but this year I will. So I, I will get try and get involved because I feel like... I Good. I'm glad that I've put things. in that sense of but, duty um, into you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, because normally I do my best to avoid <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to get you it. and Johnny involved as well. Um, when we next get to record, hopefully we'll have seen the team play in Minnesota as it's only a week away so we'll be able to actually talk about movements on the field as well as off it uh if you've enjoyed the show please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on we're hoping that you'll be able to also listen to us on spotify and on apple this week uh we're on twitter at the villain avfc and would appreciate all new followers and retweets to get the word out about us because obviously we'd like as many people to listen to us as we can and uh thanks very much tom thank you as well for joining us we'll uh we'll get back to we'll get back to the cricket and up the villa thanks very much bye <laughs>